step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. On today's episode of Plastic Surgery Uncensored with Dr. Roddy Raban, we are actually going into a very current, very controversial topic of the breast implant recall. Everything you need to know about that and breast implant disease. Thank you for tuning in to Plastic Surgery Uncensored. This is a very serious and interesting segment. On today's episode, we're discussing the breast implant recall. Very controversial. There's two parts to it. There's the recall itself and breast implant disease. And I think Dr. Raban, board certified uh, Beverly Hills plastic surgeon, we have one of your favorite patients on the phone, don't we? Yes, we do. Um, so what, what we today, I mean, this is, you know, we try to it's talk all over the news, you know, we try to talk about things in general that I think are relevant. Um, and some things are just generally relevant and some things are very time specific. So this mm -hmm. is, couldn't be any more time specific. We're having this dialogue because it's affecting millions of American who have breast implants. So they're two very specific and separate issues. They just happen to kind of coincide in the news together at the same time. One of them, of course, is there's been a recall. Um, by the largest, one of the largest manufacturers of breast implants mm. because there's been an association between the implants and a type of cancer, which I'm, we're going to elaborate. Okay. And the second is a whole different segment. It has nothing to do with, with the recall. It's just there are um, um, a subset of individuals who, as a result of their implants, have uh, feel like they are ill. And there is a new movement amongst those patients for explantation and removal of the implants um, in order to feel better. So we're going to start with one of my favorite patients, uh, uh, Margaret, who's on the phone. You there, Margaret? Yes, I am. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming. And uh, why we have Margaret is Margaret happens to be a patient who has one of those recalled implants. And so the question then, the, the question then becomes is, I mean, what do we do? Does she run out and go have surgery tomorrow? Is she an imminent risk? What is the risk? What is going on? So it's really a, a, an important conversation to be had, and who better than with an in, individual who actually has these implants? Well, my, I have a question. Uh, how did she find out? Do you call her? Does the implant company send her an email? Like with my BMW has a problem, they send an email. Do you have to break? The, who? How do you? How did you get the news that they were gonna? So let's let's back up first and let's first define the issue. Exactly. So what has been recalled and how would it go about? So what's happened is. Um, the last few years, there's been a type of cancer that they've identified, an incredibly rare type of cancer. It's called ALCL, anaplastic large cell lymphoma, which means it's a lymphoma. It's not a breast cancer. So let's get that part straight. Unlike other types of breast cancers, this is not a breast cancer. Okay. This is a cancer that occurs of the capsule that your body forms around the breast implant. So we got to go back to the source. You put an implant in your body. Mm -hmm. Your body knows it's a foreign material, like a pacemaker, a prosthetic knee, a heart valve, and your body wants to protect you. So it forms the shell around it. It's called a scar tissue. It's called a capsule. Right. So every individual and every woman in the world who has an implant forms this capsule. And normally it's soft and you don't know it's there and you don't care. 
and you move on with your life. Now, this cancer is a cancer of that capsule. I think in total, there's somewhere between six to 700 reported cases. Now, that's a decent number of people, but it's all relative to the number of people with implants. So while six to 700 people is no joke, it's also, relatively speaking, incredibly rare because there are more than 10 million if not more women with implants. I was going to say six to 7,000 right here, like within a five-mile radius right, of right, us. Right. So so first thing is to know what it is. So it's A, not a breast cancer. B, okay. it's a cancer of the capsule. A specific thing. Right. C, it's incredibly rare. D, it's curative if you get to it early enough, meaning if you remove that capsule, you remove the cancer. No capsule, no cancer. It's connected to that. Okay. And the last part of the puzzle is, well, what's causing it? And they don't know. But looking at the individuals who've been diagnosed and trying to tease out, because it's still very early, they think there's a high correlation, and this is the key, between the type of implant and the people getting it. So the feeling is there's, when you have an implant, the outer surface of the implant, the shell of the implant yeah. is either smooth or textured. Smooth is it's smooth, like it mm -hmm. has no roughness. Mm -hmm. And textured means it's kind of Velcroed. Mm -hmm. And it used to be believed that the te texturing or the Velcroing effect does several things, one of which is prevents capsule getting hard, which is capture contracture, which is a type of process. And the other is it keeps the implant from, um, it's kind of like a Velcro effect. It keeps the implant from moving around too much and settling. So people for thousands, for, for thousands, oh my God, for, for, for many years have been using texturing. So what they've identified is a certain manufacturer, that being Allergan, which is like a Rolls Royce of ma manufacturers. Absolutely. Their texturing seems to be the most associated with this disease process. So as everyone knows, recently there's been a recall. It's on the news. It's everywhere. So they and the FDA together decided, you know what, until we figure out what the hell is going on, we suggest that no more people get the textured implants because we don't know, even though it's incredibly rare, who's going to get this process. Okay, so that's, that's the backstory. But it's up to the individual. They have the option to leave them in. So now, now what's, what's their recommendation? The recommendation is, okay, don't get hysterical. Don't panic. Don't rush to your doctors. And thousands and thousands of women aren't going to run in and get this implant removed because it's an incredibly rare disease. But then that leaves you with this sort of fear, right? Because there are some patients who are like, well, I don't even want to risk one in 100 million. And some people are like, well, I mean, if it's diagnosable, which is you notice that there's swelling and pain yeah. and all these things that happen earlier, well, I'll deal with it if I get it. So yeah, I'll roll the bones. So now we segue to so, Margaret, you tell me a little about your story when you got the implants, et cetera. Uh, so, I got the textured implants in January 2014. Um, and it was actually a revision breast dog from my primary breast augmentation, which was in August 2013, which um, is a long, separate story. But I made the mistake of going with someone who was, you know, a cosmetic surgeon. He wasn't even board certified in plastic surgery, he was only board certified in general surgery. Um, but anyway, basically, so I had to have a pretty complex revision, and the surgeon who did the revision chose to use uh, textured implants. From what I understand, one of the reasons, the main reason, was because of the Velcro effect, where it wouldn't uh, necessarily be putting as much, um, you know, pressure or whatever against the sutures needed to put in there. 
Yeah, and I mean, based on, based on Margaret's revision, that was an appropriate implant to select. And obviously at the time, there was no, no mention or, or concern of this. So it, it was absolutely reasonable. And for the most part, most surgeons that use it, it's a very good, it was a very good and reasonable implant. So go ahead. When did you hear of the news and how did, how did that make you feel? Uh, so I originally heard the news. I think I, I read it somewhere. Um, and honestly, me personally, I'm kind of the opposite of a hypochondriac. I honestly didn't really get that worried and I'm still not that worried even as more things come out. I just think it's all about looking at the numbers. I mean, yes, there is, you know, I guess a small chance, but it's an extremely small chance. I feel like there's a much higher likelihood of me, you know, dying in a car crash or a higher likelihood of me winning the lottery than getting the cancer from those. And also from what I've read and understand, you know, there's essentially warning signs. Like I think from what I read, the statistics and everything like that out of, you know, the number of reported cases they have, like almost every single one of them reported some type of seroma type sudden fluid buildup in the breast. So obviously so that's really important to talk about. Go on. Yeah. So that's really important to talk about. So it's not like you're going to wake up one day, you have this textured implant and then, oh my God, I have the cancer. It generally doesn't work out that way. You have, as you were saying, some kinds of signs. And the question is, what do I, how do I know that I am at risk? And your body starts to generate fluid. That fluid is called a seroma. So your breast will tend to get a little bit larger, that one breast. And you'll tend to notice that there's some fluid around there and maybe some some tenderness. That's a that's one of the signs. So you're not going to go unless you completely ignore yourself. You're not going to go suddenly unnoticed, right? And then and then so what what Margaret is talking about is that that's the sort of the issue at hand as a plastic surgeon is we're getting phone calls, right? And patients are saying, well, what do I do? So I guess the question is, you have to decide what makes you feel comfortable. Statistically, and currently by the FDA, and currently by most surgeons. We don't recommend that people by the masses go and have this implant removed or exchanged. Why? Because statistically, it's very unlikely and it's not causing you any issue. And if you were incredibly unlikely, you'd probably have some sign of it. And for the most part, if you catch it early, which you would if you're paying attention, it's curative. Having said that, there are individuals in whom the anxiety of having this risk is there, then the company has... Uh, is participating in an exchange program and they'll help fund, I don't know the extent of it, but they'll participate in you exchanging it. So the good news is if you're like, I don't want to stress, I don't want to deal with it. The surgery is relatively straightforward. You would make an incision, take the implant out, put a new implant in and call it a day. So it's not the end of the world uh, in terms of the um, revision. So uh, have you talked to any other uh, friends or people that you know? What have been the responses as patients that you've heard? So, I mean, I have friends that have smooth implants that I, in my personal opinion, probably didn't even take the time to, you know, read the entire article or research all the facts and are just like, oh my God, I have allergen implants. I need to get these taken out. They were recalled. And, you know, then I kind of remind them, like, I actually have the implants that were recalled. You know, everyone could see on their, you know, implant cards they give you, you know, after surgery, you know, it'll say like, you know, smooth or textured or whatever. And I tell them to look at that and, you know, they've all had smooth. And I'm like, those weren't even, you know, recalled. You guys need to, you know, read the entire, all the facts and just know right. before you jump to conclusions and start freaking out, you need to get them switched out. And so 95% of, of the people get things in their head. Right. So the textured implants make up 
5% of the entire implant market. So that's nine, all? That's, that's small? That's 95% of the implants utilized are smooth. The smooth ones have no association. So just out of the gate, if you don't know, you don't know where your card is, you cannot find your doctor, just statistically, your 95% probably have the smooth implants. Furthermore, there are there are different companies. So Allergan only represent it's only five percent of the Allergan's uh, um, uh, implants. Implants, not five percent of all implants. There's Mentor, there's Cientra, there's other companies. So it really is a very very finite number of of implants. And you absolutely, as Maggie said, you, which I echo, never make a decision out of fear, being uninformed, or out of uh, out of haste. Absolutely not, especially a condition that is so unlikely and gradual that you could do some investigation. And if at the end of all your homework, you decide you want to do something understandable, but certainly not out of, um, uh, you know, reaction. Maggie, have you have you researched or gone any further other than the conversations you say you've had with your friends? Yeah, I mean, I have, because, um, I mean, there's a lot of, you know, places online where you can look it up, and I always, you know, I tell my friends, too, make sure you're looking at a credible source, because in my opinion... That is a great point. The, that is a great yeah, point. Yeah, I mean, in my opinion, I think the media really likes to dwell on um, bad things when it comes to plastic surgery, um, just in general. Agreed. You know what I mean? I think they, a lot of times, downplay the positive things that plastic surgery can do for people's lives. Uh, just because of the negative, you know, stigma that can be with it. So I think a lot of times, you know, media outlets, just for the sake of the drama of the story, um, don't present all the facts. So I, like, you know, I tell them, make sure you're looking at credible sources. Um, which would and, be, you know, which general, would be the FDA, which would be the American Society of Plastic Surgery, which would be the American es Society of Aesthetic Plastic Surgery. There's a handful of legit sources that uh, the Allergan website, which they have, they're connected to the FDA. Those are the places you don't want to go to like, you know, uh, Hollywood Facebook reporter, group chat? Or Ho Hollywood <laughs> reporter or Buzzfeed, because you're absolutely right. They're going to sensation. This is, you know, the, t the, 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 the title is going to be implant cancer, emer uh, you know, millions dying, you know, something crazy like that. And reality is it's like, mm -hmm. um, okay, not really. Very, exactly. Very so, well, hey, listen, uh, Margaret, thank you so much for coming on. I think what we did was we just educated and made the knowledge and the information necessary to make good choices. If after, end, if after having heard all the information, you ultimately decide that your best option is to remove the implants, I am totally fine with that. I just want to make sure that you're making it based on real information rather than fabricated information. Right. Absolutely. And thank you for having me. All yeah, right. I I appreciate your chill attitude, Margaret. I think that's that's smart. We need more chill people. We really do. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> In the plastic surgery <laughs> world. It. Thank you so much for, <laughs> for listening to this episode of Plastic Surgery Uncensored. On the second half, no, we're not done. No, no, we are coming back. Yeah, so on the second half, we're going to be talking about a separate but similar issue, which is plastic uh, breast implant disease. And it's a really important topic to talk about because it's affecting thousands of women and we need to also have a very straight talk about what it is and what it entails. So let's check. Let's talk stay about that tuned. when we come back. Thank you, Dr. Raban. Please stay tuned to Plastic Surgery Uncensored. You are listening to Plastic Surgery Uncensored with Dr. Roddy Raban 
on Revolver Podcast. Thank you for staying with us on Plastic Surgery Uncensored. This is the second part of the episode in which we discuss a very current and controversial topic, which is breast implant recall. No, it's breast implant disease. Okay, because the first half was the recall. The recall is the recall. This is about a separate issue but still a relevant issue, which is breast implant disease. Okay. And so let's dive right in as we did with the last segments. First, define the issue. So if it depends on what circle of people you're around, what you read, what you're having exposure to, but there are now on the order of several thousands of people that are in groups, chat groups, Facebook is one of those, where women are experiencing a host of symptoms. Those symptoms are, you know, brain fog, memory loss, um, they having rashes and things of that nature. It you you can go on there and read them, and they vary to ex- a, a fair extent. And they believe strongly that these symptoms are related to them having implants. So and and is so, it a specific type of implant? Is it before nineteen ninety seven? No, 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 I, no, no. I think that in general, the gist of it or the feeling amongst these patients is: ever since I got my implants. I started having these symptoms. symptoms, and the symptoms again are are quite varied and quite broad, and they vary greatly based on person to person. They haven't. I don't think anyone can identify if it's smooth or textured, saline or silicone. It's just the idea that you have this foreign material in you. Okay, and so we're having this conversation because this conversation is being had, and I think it's always good to have the conversation with someone who is sort of a semi-expert in the topic. So what we want to have the conversation about is what is it? Is it happening? Is it real? And what do I do about it? So the issue is that's what the diagnosis is. Breast implant diagnosis. That's what the discussion is. Breast implant disease. Okay. So the first thing to be said is that no one can tell you that you don't have these symptoms. So there's a lot of controversy. To that. There's a lot of controversy regarding this because there's, this is kind of like our politics today. It's very polarized. You're either right or you're left. So either 100% believe that implants are poison and they're terrible and destroying women and we got to love ourselves and this is insane and what the things we do. Or you're on the other side, like, what are you talking about? You guys are nuts. I have my breast implants. I feel amazing. It empowered me. I feel great. And you guys are all nuts. So as everything is, there has to be a middle ground. And so this is my philosophy. So I always first start with science. Okay. Right? So science is with all the research that's been done on breast implants, um, you know, there was a breast implant recall, not just textured, but recall in general of all silicone implants in 1992. I remember that. Right. And that was what we called the big scare. And what happened was that women back in 90, 1992 were having similar conversation, which is I'm having illness, I'm getting breast cancer, et cetera. And at the time we didn't, I don't know if we had as much information. Uh, I think Connie Chung was who it was, went on like 2020 or Dateline or one of these shows and had a woman on who said, listen, ever since I had my breast implants put in, I'm feeling X, Y, and Z. And without any information, whatever, the next day, millions of women started re- calling their doctors and asking for the implants to be taken out. So the FDA got involved and they didn't know what to do and they didn't have enough information at the time. So they said, you know what? The hell with it. Screw it. Let's just take the implants off the market. I'm talking all silicone. I, I absolutely remember right. that. And for 16 years or so, they did a uh, 14 years or so. They did millions and millions of dollars worth of research. And were in, women getting saline gel they, then? They were getting saline at the time. But mind you, in Europe, in Canada, in Israel, in Mexico, all around the world, people were still getting silicone. And mind you, 
all breast cancer patients were still getting silicone. And mind you, if you had any kind of lift, you were getting silicone. But why, why were breast cancer patients getting silicone? So, so this is why this was a generally a silly concept. The FDA needed to do something um, abrupt that seemed very decisive, yet at the same time, they, couldn't, they didn't know what they were doing. So they removed the silicone breast implants from anyone who was getting a primary AUG in hopes of saying that we were protecting you, but in the meantime, everybody else was getting them. So irrelevant. The point that's important is that after 14 years of extensive research, the conclusion based by the scientific community was that implants, gel, saline, smooth, textured, had no correlation to any known disease process. Not breast cancer, not lupus, not scleroderma, no autoimmune disease, no nothing. Now, has the scientific community been wrong before? Absolutely. Sure. There was a time where we used to bleed people, radiate thyroids because, oh. and then people got, got cancer. People would bleed because they get out bad juju. So I'm I was not going back to leeches. Well, <laughs> we still do leeches, but I'm, I'm not suggest I'm not, su I'm not suggesting that it's right or wrong. I'm simply saying that just because the medical community says something doesn't mean that it's absolute fact. But at the current moment, it is the presiding information that we have. And so as a general person, I tend to defer to whatever is the best information we currently have. Okay. Having said that, on a weekly basis or maybe on a monthly basis, I have patients who come in stating that, hey, I want my implants out. Okay. And that's why we're having this dialogue because they believe, irrespective of what science says or what, that they have been sick and they really believe it's the implant. So- the question is, what do we do? So I'm, I'm, I'm fine. It's called explantation. And what we do is we remove their breast implants. We remove the scar tissue around it, which we talked about before, which yeah, is the yeah, capsulectomy. Yeah, we, right. So if you remove the implant and you, you leave, leave the scar tissue, again, nobody knows what we're doing because we're not sure. But if you're going to do it, you got to remove the implant and remove the scar tissue. The big question and the reason why we're having this conversation okay. is, then what does your breast look like? And the overwhelming majority of patients don't have enough breast tissue. And while they definitely will likely need a lift, the lift isn't going to make your breast fuller. And so you end up being somewhat pretty deflated. By that, you mean flat. Correct. <laughs> so, so the explantation without anything else being put in, Correct. because you're claiming that the implant's the problem, is basically going to leave you with very flat breasts because there's what it, you're right. not so i mean most because I mean, there's no fat transplant it's not like the whole butt thing that's no, going on now uh, on the contrary there is and we're gonna get to that in a second. oh so let's go through this step by step step by step first of all depends on inter okay so if you if you feel like you're sick mm -hmm. you don't care right if you are dying of cancer you don't care that you're getting a mastectomy so i think it's fine. You just need to be aware of it. So you're going in, you're saying, I feel ill. These implants are causing the illness. I want them out. Okay. So then you need to understand and be ready for whatever aesthetic outcome that provides. Most women, 90% of them, when you remove the implant, they don't have a lot of their own breast tissue. Right. Hence why they got the breast implant. Right. Some do, but most don't. So then you remove this implant and you have saggy deflated breasts. Wow. So the saggy part is the lift part. You can do a lift and your breasts will not be as saggy, but you have no volume, no fullness, no nothing. So you're flat. And so again, if you're aware of this mm -hmm. and you're okay with this, no problem. 
But I don't necessarily know and why we're having this conversation that everyone who's running out, who's complaining of these disease processes and gets explantation realizes what the, the ramifications are. Of explantation itself. A, it's a surgery. It has to be done under general, correct? Yeah, there's scars. And the bottom line is that, you know, you went and got a breast dog because you didn't have a lot of breast tissue and now you don't have a lot of, you, you, you're worse than you were before. So I, I, so the thing is, there's no current science that says it's right or wrong. I would never argue with a woman who says to me, listen, what, what do you know about my body? I took these implants out and I feel amazing. 100%. But I just want you to understand that you're, you know, you have to also be okay with all of their, and I've had patients who've come in pretty adamant. They want their breast implant out. We have the dialogue. I examine them. I tell them they don't have a lot of breast tissue. And then they realize, mm, on second thought, maybe not. And yeah. I've had patients who've been fine with it. Now, the question that you ask is, can we put fat? And the answer is, you can, but it's still never going to be as lovely and wonderful and aesthetically desirable. And as doesn't it, even stay. Some of it stays. Some of it goes away. Exactly. Some of it is, you still have to have fat to take from. We've talked about fat transfer in the BBL segments or the Brazilian butt lift segment. Usually, if you have no breast tissue, you tend to usually be very thin. Not always. You don't have... A, so, there's a lot of issues to be had. We're not going to dive... No, digress no, no, too no, much, no, but, but it, it is still an option. But I really wanted to have the dialogue because I don't want to belittle anyone who says it, but I also want people who are contemplating it to not think that there's a boatload of science that is currently advocating it. Now, maybe in 10 years, you and I will be sitting exactly here and be like, what the hell you know? I suspect that if we get anywhere with the science, maybe we'll find out that a certain subset albeit Tiny. very small subset of women who end up getting breast implants end up having a kind of less than ideal reaction. Because we all know that the overwhelming majority of women across the world right. who get breast implants are ecstatic because of the volume and the way that makes them feel. You're raising your hand, but the, <laughs> the listeners can't hear you raising I know, but that was between us. Oh, but yeah, my no, bad. No, and I, I've, I've had my... We've discussed this because I'm going to actually do a, a breast bunch of stuff. I'm just going to call it breast bunch of stuff. Yeah. I've had mine in since, because uh, I give them a birthday party. September 17th, 1990, I have had them in. Yeah. So I think, I think again, what is the key takeaway home, takeaway points? Number one, there is this condition that women are experiencing. Number two, no one can tell you you are, aren't no, experiencing it. Number three, the current science is not necessarily supportive of these kinds of um, symptoms. Number four, if you take it out, understand there are some cosmetic and aesthetic ramifications sure. that you need to be okay with. That's really the key, and it's just important to have this dialogue. Well, I usually ask you your ending thoughts, but I think you just gave them to yeah. me un unasked for. And, there you have it. And, and unsolicited. they were very good. Okay, yeah, great. unsolicited. So uh, we're going to wrap it up now. Yeah, let's okay, wrap it up. Okay, we're good. This is the end of this episode of Plastic Surgery Uncensored. We are delighted that you stayed with us till the very end because we, uh, we want you to know every single thing you can. Um, please stay tuned to Plastic Surgery Uncensored. We would love to get your feedback. If you enjoyed and found our podcast helpful, tell us why. Give us the review and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. We can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, or you can go directly to revolverpodcast.com. If you have a topic you would like us to talk about, then please reach out to us on Facebook, Roddy Rabon, Instagram at Dr. Roddy Rabon, or RoddyRabon.com. You are listening to Plastic Surgery Uncensored with Dr. Roddy Rabon. 
on Revolver Podcast. I'm Royal Oaks. Next time on Too Many Lawyers, the nation's eyes turn to Minneapolis, where an officer stands trial for allegedly murdering George Floyd. Do calls for unrest if there's no conviction rise to the level of jury tampering? And has the president taken the first step toward a much bigger Supreme Court? Listen to Too Many Lawyers on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Randy Miller, and this is Celebrity Salute. Each week, we talk to an A-list celebrity or newsmaker who has a love for this country and for our country's military. From Tom Hanks to Martin Sheen. Can I do a shout-out to yes. two very, very special veterans in our life? From Dolly Parton to Brian Cranston and many more. We are so happy to have him on the program, Academy Award winner Matthew McConaughey. Very simple. It's been said a thousand times. Let's say it again with a capital T. Thank you. They all reveal intimate stories of their career and their life experiences. Hi, this is John McClain, and I would like to give a salute to my dear friend, Alfred Baggett from Castine, Maine, uh, an intelligence officer in several wars, one of my dearest friends, and I'd like to salute him, Alf Baggett. Listen to Celebrity Salute on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.